Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Katie Phillips. Katie is the founder of the School of Self-Love. She's a women's empowerment master coach, love and dating mentor, and author of The Self-Love Affair, A Woman's Guide to a Daring and Mighty Life. So I am super excited to welcome Katie Phillips to the show. Welcome, Katie. Hey there. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm very excited. I always like to have someone who knows a lot about love and dating because I know that my listeners all ask me so many questions about this every single day on my Instagram DM. So I'm very excited we've got an expert in to talk to us all today. So thank you for coming. I'll do my best. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't you start by explaining how you got into the work that you do? Yes, good question, because it wasn't so much a choice as life guiding me, because I think we teach what we need to learn. And Mm -hmm. it was very much my journey. I was a single mama for eight years before I met my now husband, James. And in those eight years, I was setting up a coaching business. In fact, I had a very successful coaching practice as we came to the end of those eight years and loved my work. I loved my relationship with my son. I had a really good life. And my secret shame, should we say, uh, was the fact that I was a transformational coach, helping women to really up-level and change their lives. I was even helping women call in their soulmate, but I hadn't done it myself. So I was living kind of breathing proof that you can change the way you experience life, you can change the way you feel, you can co-create your life with what I would call sort of universe, God's energy. And so much was shifting and changing in my life, which had me feel really authentic with what I did. But I still was desiring to love and be loved and couldn't meet my guy. And I found that professionally pretty humiliating. And, uh, So I did what I do and what my clients come to me for. I hired two coaches. It got to a point where I was like, well, there's something I can't see. There's something blocking me to this. And of course, it was I was being invited to go even deeper into my own self-love, even deeper into healing my mindset pieces, my healing my heart from past relationship pain. And, And actually what came up for me was really healing my relationship to the masculine in general. So my own inner masculine energy. I had quite a dysfunctional relationship with my own masculine. It was really driving me and pushing me to go really hard in life. And so again, with the self-love piece, I was being invited into, you know, how could I, how could I achieve all that I was I was achieving, but with a softness and taking care of myself with that kindness. And also, how could I relate differently to men, full stop? Like, I, I was walking around believing that men couldn't be trusted, that I was going to get let down, I was going to be hurt again, you know, all the peace, all the pain points from previous relationships. And 
I had to change up those beliefs. I had to come to a place of actually truly honestly being able to believe that it was possible to trust a man, that good men were out there, that a good man was looking for me too, that while I was doing my healing work, perhaps he would be doing his healing work too. And uh, so, yeah, I went on a huge journey. And then once I met my now husband, James, um, it, it became so much easier to let people know that I could help them call in their soulmate because mm. I'd done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh that's great so okay so I mean I think it's really interesting you were a single mom for eight years you said for your son now I I'm a single mom myself and I know how challenging that can be whilst I'm a big fan of being a single mom I love it because I think it gives you a lot of benefits there's a lot of benefits totally. I know a lot of my listeners will be worried about becoming a single parent the challenges dealing with that on their own so what would your advice be to reassure those people listening that actually, you know, you can get through this, you can do a good job as a single parent. I think, I think single parents are hugely resilient and resourceful. And in terms of like, if you've, you're able, <laughs> it's almost like you've got to bring that resilience and resourcefulness to the dating game and to the dating world, that trust. I think with most of the, because I do work predominantly with women, although I do have a handful of male clients, most of them, the biggest fear with them is, is somebody going to accept me and the package that I am, is number one. And the second piece is, will they, perhaps, because this was my, I'm just reflecting back as I'm speaking to you, I, I'll never forget feeling so scared that somebody would come in and disrupt what I'd worked so hard to create with my son, like the bond I had with my son and continue to have. So that's the good news. I'm now with somebody and I, that, that bond hasn't been ruined. In fact, it's been improved and I, I, it's, we've grown it because I have the support of a good man in my life. So yeah, because of that support, I can be a better mum. I can be, I can give more to my child. I have more patience and tolerance and time for him. But I thought somebody was going to wreck that. So it's like, I, I guess it's shifting your beliefs into things like a good person. I'll say person because we're speaking to everybody here. Uh, could add to my life. Could that that one person because most of us are only looking for that one person to be with right that one person the one that I'm meant to be with will fully love and accept all of who I am and will think that the package that I come with my child my children is a real gift like for that person it will be a gift and it will be his pleasure her pleasure to share in that you know it's I like love shifting those beliefs I love that. And I, yeah, I mean, I know how difficult it can be. And I see this with my clients all the time, you know, well, you know, dating, I'm going to put that to one side because I'm a single parent. I'm a single mom. I've got so much going on. I'm trying to work. I'm trying to look after the kids. I'm, I'm doing the school runs. I'm doing the after school clubs. Uh, weekends, I'm exhausted. And then we're going to see family. Then there's like the co-parenting. It's all just too much. And I'm just going to put that on hold, focus yeah. on being the best mom I can be in. And sometimes I see that, I don't know if you, you agree with me, but it's a little bit of an excuse 
to putting yourself out there. Now, I don't mean excuses in, you know, consciously. I think a lot of us do it to protect ourselves thinking, you know what, if that went wrong again and I ended up yeah. back at square one again, I just don't think I could get through that right now. I need my energy for my kids. So I'm just going to throw myself into that. Yeah. Do you see this? Oh, totally, completely. And that was me too. That's the thing, isn't it? You're like, especially when you get to a certain age and stage in life. So, I mean, I predominantly working with midlife women and most of them are, they're super high achieving. They've got great lives. They've got great businesses. They actually don't need a man. They, they're financially secure. They're, it's like, and it's a great excuse. But I know, and this was my experience, that in the middle of the night when they wake up or when they wake up in the morning and they, there's that split second of realization, I'm single. And my heart's deepest desire is to love and be loved. Like if they would allow themselves to really acknowledge that yearning, it, it, it isn't really true that I don't need a man. My truth is like, it's a bit of a, rather than an either or, it's an and. It's like, can I have a great life and a great relationship with my child and a wonderful business and make the money I'm making and have a great relationship that only adds value to all of that and only makes all of that even more possible, even more easy, even more abundant. Mm. Yeah. It's a real, it's a real consideration. But then I would ask, how about let it be easy? What if finding a guy didn't have to be another thing on your to-do list? What if it's a subtle energetic shift within you that allows you to move into a state of receiving energy rather than that kind of masculine, I got to do it, I got to figure it out, which is the best dating app? Should I be lining up, you know, blind dates? Like what friends can I, like all the things. And we don't have time for that. It's yeah, too tiring. It is tiring, definitely is tiring. <laughs> and it's a juggling act as it is anyway, being a single mom. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really interested when you talk about masculine energy um, and feminine energy, because I think as a single mom, yeah. you kind of got to be everything, haven't you? Yeah. You've got to be able to you know, lift the bike up and shove it in the boot. You've got to be able to <laughs> cook the dinners that they want. You've got to be able to manage the arguments and the you know, and all those things, you know, you've got to be able to manage the suitcases, you know, I don't know if anyone's ever got off at Gatwick Airport in London with a small child, it's hell, it's like an hour of like trundling through endless corridors with bags and children, and it's a nightmare, but you've got to do all that as a single mom and a single dad, obviously, as well, so, you know, as single parents, you know, it is a challenge, and sometimes for us women, you have to step into that I guess what we would term more masculine energy because you've got to cope. There's no one that's going to change the light bulb or take the bins out or, you know, do those jobs that maybe traditionally stereotyping would have given to the male partner in the relationship. But, you know, how does that, I mean, you kind of have to do that to survive as a single mom. Yeah. So what, what do you mean when you're talking about your masculine feminine energy? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think being a mom requires masculine energy doesn't seem to make sense does it it's like mom's so maternal therefore feminine but it's not it's so masculine and rightly so but it's about developing this ability to to hold both and to work with both because every human no matter how you identify you have a blend of masculine and feminine energy within you and most of us and it's no one's fault it's societal conditioning it's generational conditioning we've learned to do life and we haven't learned to receive it. 
And the work I, and this is the work I've been doing for years. It's why I founded the School of Self Love. It's about like the people that you love most, your children, the things you love most, the projects you love most, your work, your clients. None of them are going to get the best of you if you don't develop the ability and the capacity, if you don't actually start to value, and that's the key piece. We've only learned to value the masculine output, the demonstrable, oh, I've ticked that list, I've done that, I've achieved that, I've made that happen, earned that money. We've only learned to value the doing. We haven't learned to value the being, the slowing down, the taking care of ourselves. So it's how can you be the mum and make all the things happen and get that bike in the car, <laughs> which I know that I know that so well. I remember I was the one that taught my son to ride a bike and it was exhausting. It was back, literally backbreaking. <laughs> well, not literally, but, you know, almost. But how can we do all the action and the action in the business, all of it, while taking care of ourselves? Why does it have to be to the detriment of our well-being? So it's, it's, it's maybe bringing in a meditation routine, maybe starting your day with five minutes of meditation or even just checking in with yourself and asking yourself, how do I feel and what do I need? And could I love myself enough and develop a self-trust with myself to do what I say I'm going to do in terms of what I need? that's where self-trust is built it's like we say we do what we say we're gonna do if I wake up and know I, you know what I need to drink more water and eat well today it it sounds so silly but when we don't we wonder why we're so exhausted at the end of the day how can we be there for ourselves how can we have our own back and give ourselves what we need um yeah, yeah and that's such good advice such good advice I mean I think Self-trust is, is, is an interesting one because I think it's quite difficult if you've maybe been betrayed in a relationship, if you've been in a toxic relationship. Sometimes we, we've lost that ability to trust our own instinct and our own sort of gut reaction to certain things. So that can take a little, well, quite a lot of work in some cases just to rebuild your confidence, can't it? Have you got any tips for how people can start to do that? Well, this is where cultivating your feminine energy is so important and with that you can build self-trust because what you're actually doing in the slowing down which we have to learn to value because actually when we slow down we get more done ultimately we're not so frazzled and frantic we're more clear and aligned and purposeful when we've we've slowed down so just like I was saying if we were to develop a meditation practice if we were to take a, a walk before going on that business call or writing that document or email. If we were to take a hot bath at night, like whatever it is for us that allows us to kind of stop and tune in to how I'm feeling. It's not until we are able to kind of stop and be that we can hear our own guidance we we hear and feel our intuition we know what the next right move is when we're and then we can trust ourselves it's like when I'm so when I can calm down and tune into the truth of who I am and know how I feel and be clear about what I want I can ask for what I want I can make decisions easily I can trust myself but if I'm just on this hamster wheel like doing 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 being all the things I I'm like, my energy is so 
external. It's so outside of myself all the time. How can I trust myself? And the more I do that and I'm out in the world being so busy and so frantic and I'm so exhausted to the detriment of my well-being, my health, just generally just being nice to myself, if I can't take care of myself, like I wouldn't trust that person. Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as the Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. That person that I'm being in the world doesn't know how to get stuff done while taking care of my body and my emotional needs. I, I wouldn't trust that person. And this relates to calling in somebody, right? If you want to be with, you want to call in your next level empowered relationship. And I say that because most of us, if you've been through a divorce or a significant separation, you're single, you're looking for your person, you want it to be better. You want it to be healthier. You want, like, I don't have never met anybody that doesn't want to be with somebody that they can trust. And if we don't have that relationship, of trust with ourselves first how on earth do we expect to be the vibrational match for that how on earth do we think we're going to attract in somebody that can that we can trust yeah absolutely it's such good advice i think you know work as you say has to start within and you know learning to self-love is is key and can be you know challenging but everyone can do this it's not something that you know you have to be particularly gifted at in any area it's literally small steps isn't it and starting to to really sort of get back to basics of what's important and looking after yourself and not seeing that as something selfish I think a lot of people think self-care and self-love is quite selfish especially Mm -hmm. if you've been you know looking after your kids and your ex and everyone else has come first sometimes we're the last in the queue aren't we yeah totally I mean I've I don't think I've ever worked with a woman men don't seem to have the same problem but I've never worked with a woman that hasn't started with me and said I've got to admit I do feel a little bit indulgent and guilty to invest in work like this on me it's like, who, who do I think I am? Because you know, my kids need me and the money should be being spent on that and that. It, we're not in the habit of valuing, giving time and space and energy just to us. Just to us. So mm. key. 
And ironically, actually, it's the best gift for everybody else because right. if we're okay and we're yeah. doing better, then we've got more to give. So obviously that's an interesting way of looking at it. Sometimes some of my clients go, oh, well, if it's not selfish and it's actually going to help them, then I've got more motivation. Yeah. One of the things you said earlier, which I'm fascinated by, is you said about shifting your energy to attract the partner. So rather than sort of getting stuck into the dating apps, what specifically did you mean by that? It's the preparation work. So everything that we are is energy. So everything I'm thinking, so my mindset is energy. Everything I'm feeling is an energy. The way I'm showing up in the world, it's all energetic. And it says something about us. It's almost like, a, it's like I would call it like an energy signature. It's like a code. It's like how you are showing up is this energy signature. And that's magnetic. It's a vibration. And it magnetizes or it repels. So it's, it is predominantly called, you're calling in people and experiences and circumstances in life that match where you're at. So we need to, if we're not calling in the person we want to call in, if we're repeating patterns of behavior, it's like, well, I've, you know, I'm dating this guy, but I've dated this guy 20 times before, you know, or, you know, you can feel in yourself, there's, there's buttons being pushed, you're being triggered in very familiar ways that needs shifting. That's an energy that needs shifting. So usually what we're working with, and this is why when I speak to self-love, to me, I know we've talked a little bit about self-care, but it's so much more than that. Because to me, I'm very fierce about what self-love means. And it's it's a, a very profound, deep level of self-responsibility where you really need to check in with what's going on in my mindset. Like, what am I believing that I am creating? Like if I believe men can't be trusted, I am going to be meeting men that can't be trusted. And as I heal that, and you know, quite often I'll end up doing, you know, we go back in time with a client and we're doing inner child work. Like where did that belief first come from? Maybe, I mean, this was my story. When I was seven years old, something significant happened in my life. I made it mean that men could not be trusted. And so that played out. Of course it did through my life. We had to heal that. So it's going to be mindset pieces that need healing. So then there's going to be emotional pieces that need healing. Most of us at this point in life have had our hearts broken. We've been really, really hurt. We need to go in and, and understand where that pain came from. Really deeply, honestly acknowledge it and feel it and allow ourselves to be that vulnerable. You know, if you want to be with an emotionally available person, it's you've got to be emotionally available to yourself first. You've got to start doing that work with yourself first and and tap into that vulnerability. Mm. Feel it, express it, release it. It's a really interesting point, actually, because I think a lot of people, a lot of my clients will say to me, you know, I want a man who can express his emotions. I want him to make me feel a million dollars by telling me how he feels about me and being secure enough to do that I mean that's a big ask especially early days in a relationship someone as you say to be so vulnerable because it is a vulnerability but I think you know in order for someone to be able to do that with you it's got to be reciprocated on some level so if you're not even doing it with yourself how on earth are you going to be able to show up and do that with a partner and I see this all the time as I'm sure you do Katie that clients will say you know oh he's really nice to me he's great and I'm like well what are you giving back 
And it's like, oh, well, not yet, because I'm not ready yet. But, you know, it's nice to know that he feels this way about me. And then, you know, cracks start to, to form because, you know, you do need that reciprocation, especially in the early days, just to know you're on the right track, right? So what would your advice be in those scenarios? Yeah, well, it, this is why I bang on and on about the preparation. We have to prepare ourselves to be in the relationship. You have to become the person that can actually handle the type of relationship you desire to have. You don't just get to have it. You don't just get to be masterful at it. Like we're all learning. None of, I mean, I'm in a very healthy marriage. By God, am I learning every single day how to be better in relationship. It does not come naturally to me to, to show up in a super empowered way with a man. It's just not my natural thing. I've had to learn. I've had to heal so many belief systems like we've touched on. My, you know, emotional pieces that we've touched on. It's, you don't just get to have it. And so the the vulnerability piece, if you if you desire to be able to be vulnerable with your partner, it starts with you. And how deeply vulnerable do you dare to get with yourself first? And I think, so I'm talking about preparation, but then it's about practice. This is why I have a I like to approach when we speak about online dating, for example, rather than have such a, a high attachment to outcome like when I swipe it has to be the guy and then when I go on the date it has to be him and god forbid it's not because I'm too tired with the whole online dating thing we we, there's so much expectation energy which is quite repelling by the way Uh, why not have it be joyful why not have it be fun and why not have it be a space where you get to practice being the person that you want to be able to be in relationship like use the dates to practice sharing how you feel, asking for what you want, being unapologetic about your stance on certain things. Just practice. Because if the guy can take it, if the guy is in agreement, if he finds it an attractive quality in you, he just might well be your guy. And if he doesn't, then he's not. And that's okay. Because my my favorite affirmation is this or something even better. So when you, if you were to use dating as a practice ground, a, a practice ground to be the woman or the man you need to be to be in that healthy relationship, takes the pressure off. So practice being vulnerable with yourself first and then practice while dating. And your person won't be intimidated, won't think it's weird and may well I mean I you know when I first met my husband and I was well and truly I was dating and I was practicing and our first few dates I mean sometimes I still feel I'm practicing and we're five years down the line you know like because we're always evolving and growing as humans uh he said to me that he was so grateful that I'd done the work that I'd done on the healing work I'd done the inside out work I'd done because he knew he was getting the best possible version of me. And for him, that was a real gift. And he felt very honored by that. Mm. Like he didn't see it as a weakness that I needed to do that work. And he appreciated my vulnerability because it meant my heart was open and we could connect. Yeah, I think you can get deeper connections when you're open, when you've got your barriers up, your walls up, then it's much harder to actually feel that connection, which is important. And I also, you know, I like the fact that you talk about allowing yourself to receive that love, because I think 
you know, I know you said that we don't just get to have it, but actually everybody deserves to have that. And I think that quite often comes back to giving yourself permission and allowing yourself to be open. And it's okay. And even if it doesn't work out the way that you hope it will maybe, then you can get through that. And it's never going to be, you know, I suppose as easy as, as we'd like it to be. We have to put the work in. But actually knowing that it's better to be in the game and giving it a go and being open to love than never, ever dipping your toe in the water. I mean, love's a risk, isn't it? We just have to call a spade a spade. Love is always going to be a risk. Every day in my marriage, it's a risk. I mean, it's not because it's very healthy. I know he loves me. But there's no denying that there is a part of me, and maybe it's still the wounded seven-year-old who made it mean that men couldn't be trusted. That part of me is still very alive in me. And yes, I've done a lot of healing, but I got to pay that part of me a lot of attention. And that part of me says very regularly, watch out, you might get hurt. If you really speak your truth in this situation, he might leave. And and so it is a leap of faith every single day. It just is. It's why we love, it's why I love chick flicks. I love them. We, we love that, you know, the term meat cute, the Hollywood meat cute. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's why we love the meat cute. We love it because it's such a risk and we love overcoming the risk and we love the success at the end of it. And yeah, sometimes it doesn't work out, but we are all, if we desire, I've believe firmly that if we desire to be in a relationship we're meant for it we're meant for it and everybody's meant for it and if you desire it somebody else is desiring it and wants to be with you there's that person I Mm. really believe that and it we got to take the chance and we take the chance every day up until meeting them and then every day when we're with them absolutely we do absolutely and I think yeah if you have worked on yourself and done the inner work that you've been talking about I think then the the risk is minimized you know I mean at least if you learn to love yourself then you know you'll be okay on your own anyway which kind of dials down some of those fears I guess when you're moving forward and I know you've written a book about this though your book's called the self-love affair tell us a little bit about that well it's exactly what you've just said actually yeah it's that piece around it's around creating a relationship with yourself that's so foundational and rock solid. And don't worry, we're all going to wobble at times. You know, this is my expertise. Yes, I wrote a book on it. I still wobble because I'm human. And it's getting to a place of such a deep sense of self-trust and self-love that no matter what's going on in your external world, you've got you. You have your own back. You're your own best friends. I know if something happened and I didn't get to be with James anymore, whatever the awful scenario might be, if we weren't together anymore, I'd be truly deeply upset. But I know that I have me. I have this foundational relationship with me that is unwavering. And I'll be okay. I mean, I'll, I'll be, uh, I will grieve a long time and I'll be okay. Because once upon, and this is the reason why I wrote that book and, and founded the school, the school of Self-Love is once upon a time I wasn't. If my relationship broke down, 
I was on such rocky ground. The anxiety was indescribable. I'd be on the floor with panic attacks. I did not know who I was without being with that person. That person was my everything. If we look at the, you know, the fundamental human needs of we all need significance, we all need certainty, we all need to feel loved and connected. I got all of that from the person I was with. And I had to learn to develop that within myself and receive it from myself so that the person I was with, the work I had, all the external pieces became like cherries on top. Yeah, I love that. And I think you're so right. I mean, if you've got the foundations there and you know you can get through anything, if you've been a single parent, you're probably learning that for yourself anyway, you can get through anything. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, (laughs) And I know you also run a Meet Your Soulmate Challenge. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so it's a completely free five-day experience. We do it online. It's virtual, although my husband James keeps telling me we need to start running them in person, and and perhaps we will one day. Uh, But at the moment, it's a virtual five-day event where I essentially coach you for free on how to call in your soulmate. So it's We do, it's the foundational work which we're touching on in our conversation today. So preparing yourself on all levels to be ready for that next level relationship. That sounds amazing. I know a lot of my listeners would be interested to find out more about that. So where can people find out more about you and your work, Katie? Easiest place. Our website is theschoolofself.love. Instagram at the school of self dot love awesome well thank you for that i have one final question for you that i ask all my guests Um, my podcast as you know it's called heartbreak to happiness and i think it's really important to identify what happiness is for you so that you can tap into it along the way when things are getting a little bit challenging so Mm. what is happiness for you katie it's essentially it's what we've been talking about happiness for me is stopping checking in and asking myself how do I feel and what do I need and then going and giving that to myself because that what I need in every moment is always shifting sometimes it's a cuddle with a dog or a walk with the dog sometimes it's a bath sometimes it's a meditation sometimes it's a bottle of wine (laughs) like you know so it's it's really tuning into myself and giving myself what I need moment to moment I love that. Coming right back to the self-love again. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for all your advice, all your tips. You've been a fabulous guest. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. That's it for today's episode. Do be sure to head on over to the school of self.love to find out more about Katie and her work. And I look forward to you joining me on my next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sara's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sara herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com where you can also get a copy of Sara's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness. Happiness.